0: Hi,
1: I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey Ben, this is David Duchovny.
2: Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. We recommend you
0: pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over a hundred interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, You're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at bluerosemag.com.
3: Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive.
1: Holy Sonnet 14 by John Donne Batter my heart, three-person God, For you as yet but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, That I may rise and stand or throw me And bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. I like an usurped town to another dew Labor to admit you, but owe to no end. Reason, your viceroy and me, me should defend, but is captive and proves weak or untrue. Yet dearly I love you and would be loved fain, but am betrothed unto your enemy. Divorce me, untie or break that knot again. Take me to you, imprison me, for I accept you and thrall me never shall be free, nor ever chaste, except you ravish me.
0: And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian and Beside me is Ben Durant. Brian, is so good to be back in the studio. Last week, we were away from the
2: studio, and, you know, it's so good to be back where we belong. We
0: apologize for any audio problems yeah. we may have had. Well,
2: boy, this past week, part eight, it's a crazy, crazy episode. I was wrong about my predictions. I had, <laughs> so, Some of the, my predictions were on Twitter. I was like... Cooper's going to wake up. Audrey's going to be on it. We're going to have music at the (laughs) Roadhouse.
0: So you're saying all this stuff, and something came to my mind, and I'll make this real quick. Way back in the day when South Park was, uh, like, really big, and it still is, but the height of its popularity, South Park did a big two-parter. They were going to say, who was Cartman's dad? It's a a stupid cartoon. You're like, who's going to be Cartman's dad? So, next week, they say they're going to tell us who Cartman's dad is. Next week was a half-hour cartoon of Terrence and Philip. People were pissed. (laughs) Matt Stone and Trey Parker said they got death threats. Oh, wow. They got hate mail. Yes. People were like, we're never going to watch. They were pissed. And then they had to wait another week because it was like a holiday. And then they got Cartman's dad.
2: Yes. And so where this is going is (laughs) right before part eight air. Brian actually texts me and he mentions this story to me. Like, I am gung ho. I'm like, okay, Cooper's gonna wake up. We're gonna Uh get more story about Dougie's storyline. And Brian's like, I gotta tell you about this South Park episode. (laughs) And boy, were you right. They Uh... lynched through a a wrench in everything. Yes. Like, this is a very, and so this is such a big episode that we are lucky to have John Thorne on the show. Like, I can't think of a better person to have on this show and kind of understand part eight. i was
0: relieved yeah i was really like <laughs> ah, that's we got the good
2: godfather of twin peaks, the godfather
0: of twin peaks beyond if anybody
2: can help us with this show it's, it's him. him so we're on the phone with john thorne the author of the central wrapped in plastic and uh was it co-editor of the blue rose magazine yes that's it yeah how are you john I'm uh, doing great. It's good to talk to you guys. Boy, this is a crazy part
0: this week, and oh, there's like yeah. no
2: better person to have on than you, John. I'm so glad you're on the show this
0: week. Yeah, we're very lucky. <laughs> very lucky to have you today.
2: Oh, well, <laughs> well, thank you. I I don't know uh, if I'm the best person to have on, but I'll do my best. So this is part eight, "Got a Light," and it originally aired on June 25th, 2017. It starts off like an, a normal episode. We've got Mr. C and Ray in the car. And- they,
0: yeah, they, they escape Black Hill. Well, they don't escape, they are let go from Black Hill's jail. Yes. And we learn that Ray has information. I mean, what do you guys well, think? What's this information that Ray has? Well-
2: so we've already known about this, that the principal's secretary had information. Yes. And he, he, the only person that she would talk to is Ray. But it's, what is it? Yeah, it's coordinates. Mm. It's
3: coordinates okay. of some
2: sort. Uh, he, Ray says, um, I've got the numbers
3: memorized.
0: I feel like it couldn't be coordinates for the Black Lodge because I feel like that would be something they would, he would know. Right. So it's something new, something different.
2: Mm-hmm, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. And so then Ray is basically blackmailing him saying, well, it's going to cost you now. Stuff. Yeah. So, so, uh, I do love that Ray is not doesn't seem to be afraid of Mr. C. I mean from day 1 he seems like he's a smart aleck. I mean he he doesn't care. Him,
0: he, yeah, he got some confidence yeah. uh, this time around. And it it was interesting because we knew the gun was put in the car by the right. Well, Mr.
2: C told him uh, 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 I want wants, a gun. He wants a piece in there, right? Yeah. Ray goes to use the bathroom. Yeah. Mr. C comes out with a gun and tries to shoot him. There's blanks. And then Ray turns around with a gun and shoots Mr. C. Yeah. Tricked him. And it seems like somehow either Ray was able to swap the guns or I do think the warden was a part of this. Me too.
0: I I feel like they hoodwinked him.
2: First, I do think the warden planned all
3: that. I mean, Ray had a gun Hmm. in his pants. uh, So he had to have it before he left the jail cell. That was all. The warden, you know, set it up, figuring, look, if I let this guy go, I'm in real big trouble. So I've got to. I've got to take him out, and he failed. And so maybe we're going to find out just exactly who Joe McCluskey is and what mm. Mr. Strawberry has to do with everything, <laughs> because it sounded like uh, Mr. C, you know, was pretty certain he was threatening him uh, mm. back in Part Seven. If you, you know, you mess this yep. up, you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble.
2: After Ray talking to Jeffries, is Ray an agent? The Philip Jeffries thing, I think, is still very much open. Uh, it needs more information because mm. there's uh,
3: the possibility that the Philip Jeffries that Mr. C talked to was an imposter or some, yeah. some other force. Or, and so if that's the same person Ray is talking to, then it's someone just going by the name Philip Jeffries. All of that, of course, I think. We need a lot more information. But whoever it was you know, that Ray was talking to uh, obviously had been trying to set up taking out bad Cooper Mr. C mm, for some time and true. Ray and, and Daria were the ones who had to do it we'll see all I think I hope <laughs> we'll find out yeah. more about what they're, how they're involved it, it looks like Ray we'll see more of Ray he's yeah. on his way
2: somewhere Mr. C is shot is on the ground and all of a sudden we get these uh, spirits out of nowhere coming down on the ground and they're dancing or they're circling around Mr. Uh, Mr. very Cooper creepy there. very yes. well done I think we know that the woodsman
0: yeah, we can call him the woodsman. The woodsman. It's the same wood, I mean, one of these woodsmen we've seen in the jail cell, we just saw last week in the morgue, mm. and now we got to see a whole truckload of them Yes, doing a ritual.
2: Maybe six of them possibly. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and it was interesting, this is where things get crazy, I mean, they were rubbing the blood and everything all over his, uh, Mr. C's face, and they're... his 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 body his chest and and, you know ray sees this and he takes off he sees this i mean it it wasn't like
2: what really startles him i mean is we see bob
0: yeah he's taking they're taking out the orb and you see bob's face on it yeah Which is like a seed. They're taking out the Bob seed.
2: Yeah, so uh, is the understanding is Bob is now out of Mr. C? Is that the understanding? It does seem right now, and I just watched
3: the episode a second time before I talked to you guys, because I wanted it to be fresh. Hmm. It really does seem as if Bob, that whole routine and ritual they do and they're digging at dirt and then they're suddenly the the body's sort of there and then they're smearing the blood and then they're sort of birthing this sort of um it's an orbit it almost seems fleshy I, I, I don't know it's very very hard to make it out but on my second viewing it did look like they were removing it from a from the middle of Mr. C's body and so I Hey, just with that little bit of information, and then, of course, he sits up again later. It's hard to say, but at least at that moment, it does seem that they removed it.
4: Yeah. Now,
3: uh, the interesting thing in the second viewing here, you know, I'll be watching this one, I'm sure, uh, two or three more times, <laughs> but Ray is talking on the phone. We, we mentioned that. He's talking on the phone. He's driving away. He says, I saw something in Cooper.
4: Hmm.
3: This may be the key to what this is all about. Right. So that's an interesting line uh, that confirms that Ray did see what we saw, and that was mm. the face of Bob being inside Cooper and obviously being pulled out. Yeah. Right now, without having seen Part Nine, it's quite possible we've got Mister C removed from Bob, so we have just now the evil Cooper without. Bob inside him, sort of assisting him. Hmm. So I wouldn't. If that's the case, then I would also speculate that this is a weakened Mr. C.
4: Hmm. Yeah.
3: So we will. We we will see. Yeah. It's
2: such new territory. I was trying to compare it to like Leland's death. Like so, Leland dies and he he returns to himself, and that but Bob escapes. In this situation. Bob doesn't forcefully like forcefully
0: taken out he's
2: forcefully taken out. It. so it's kind yeah. of is it like an exorcist or something like is there like some kind of chant that they're doing they're and then,
0: removing the bad seed physically maybe. <laughs> maybe. <Or, laughs> at the same
2: time are they healing they could be healing uh, Mr. C as well I mean yeah. I'm trying to figure out what it all is if Mr. C was hurt and Bob could not no longer be there why couldn't he just get away and turn into an owl or something I
3: think it's, the Leland situation is far different mm. from what we have here we have essentially a a different entity. It's not really a fully a human entity in Mister C. He's half of Cooper, mm. and he was divided. They, you know, Cooper. Uh, my theory, of course, is that Cooper divided into two. I think that's fairly,
2: you know, mm. obvious now.
3: And uh, uh, you know, half the half of him came out, uh, and he was in alliance with Bob, as opposed to Bob using Leland like a puppet. Mm. And I mean, when Leland, when Leland dies. I get the sense that Bob is discarding Leland, that Mm. Bob has the ability himself to move on. Mm. Uh, We see an owl later on in a, in a shot flying through the woods that that Bob can kind of perhaps, you know, have a little more control over uh, what he does with that body he's possessing. Whereas and, and the rules are vague, and nothing's been defined, and maybe Lynch and Frost themselves aren't fully, you know, committing to anything. But but there's an alliance more than there is a possession here, and that maybe in some way, Bob was somewhat trapped within Mister um, C, that he couldn't really have the same freedom that he had when he was possessing
4: hmm.
3: Leland. And so in, in a way, you know, I, if you think back into what little clues we have in the earlier part of this story so far, hmm. uh, you know, we have Mr. C on the phone with the imposter Philip Jeffries and he says, you know, you're going back in and I will be with Bob again.
4: Hmm. And now
3: in retrospect, it's almost like we're going to get Bob back. We, we we're trying to free Bob. You are possessing Bob (laughs) in a way, (laughs)
4: instead
3: of the other way around. Again, I I don't know, but this episode at least seems to imply that Bob was less powerful and certainly not in possession of
2: Mr. C. Another good example is the jail, and Mr. C looks in the mirror and says, "Oh, good, you're still with me." So it's it's,
0: that's what I was going to bring up too, right? So
2: it's kind of like, "Oh, Mr. C has been doing his own thing all along. It's not like Bob is possessing him. He's he's doing his own thing." I
0: go back to that scene all the time. Why would he be asking himself, are you with me? Right. You know, and Bob's like, yes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, good. So they're working in tandem. They're working together. Right. That scene at first, when I first saw it, I was like, are they just trying to tell the audience this? Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think. Right now, know, looking, now, looking yeah. back, I, I see why they did it. At first, I was just like, is this just storytelling? Right, to right. Say, I thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. is this the, for the new people? You right. know, why are they doing this? Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. Bob is there. I just want to throw this
2: out there. I already know I'm wrong, but I want to throw, throw this up. Any chance <laughs> Mr. C could actually be the real Cooper? Is it possible that he gets shot and now Mr. C is dead and. And Dougie is no longer there, and all of a sudden we have the good Cooper. That's my
0: theory. That's my theory. Oh yeah,
2: it's a great idea. What if uh, you know both
3: Dougie and Mr. C now sort of are. Just two Cooper, hmm. you know. They they need to reunite because they aren't really. That's interesting too. Um, yeah, they you know, not a real full body, but they. But maybe Mister C isn't as evil. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if you go back to the mythology, which is vague from the first series, obviously Hawk is saying there's a shadow self, there's an evil side. Mm. Yeah. You know. So so it does seem as if there's a good and there's a bad, and and yeah. I don't quite know how this would be the good or fully realized cooper
2: yet unless they give us more information yeah so the reason i would say no because his eyes are still black so i want to believe that oh they were i didn't notice that okay i'm just throwing it out there and i think story-wise i think it's more interesting to have mr c still be evil and he still has his own plan yeah i think story-wise it makes more sense but i was just thinking boy he got shot is it possible that we now have something different
0: i don't know if john knows my my theory but i'm still i'm I guess can't get away that Dougie. I feel like Dougie's part of the subconscious of Mr. C that he made to stop. He put roadblocks up for Cooper forever coming back, and this was a roadblock for the way I perceive it so far. And I'm sure it's going to be wrong, um, but <laughs> I I kind of perceive the whole Dougie world just made up by Mr. C to trap him, like another world that he's just in there and and everybody's coddling him, everybody acts, it's, it feels different, it's filmed different, everything is too lotty-dotty, mm-hmm.
4: and, he, and, <laughs>
0: and the, um, the red room, I mean, it's two birds, one stone, and I think of Dougie's the stone, the two birds are, Bob gets back, you get to go home. And home, and you bring up the Wizard of Oz stuff, Ben, mm-hmm. and then I think about that, well, home, Wizard of Oz, that was a dream. Uh, Dorothy was, it, was, it? It, it was... Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy was like in a coma <laughs> and that nothing really happened. And I kind of feel like uh, Cooper is in this strange world right now where he he's kind of just floating. And if he was shot, what if that just disappeared and we never saw Dougie again? And it just Cooper was back. I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think Cooper and Dougie are going to have to meet. Yeah. But... um. I don't know. That's interesting. That's where I'm we'll, going with we'll that. We got
4: two weeks to find out. I know. I know.
2: So the next thing that happens <laughs> is the, uh, we are at the Roadhouse.
0: Yeah, my favorite part of the show. I
2: really, I love it. I thought it was very Ed Sullivan, The Beatles. Yes. Yeah, it's
0: The Night of Snails. It was really cool to see Night of the Snails perform on television. I've seen them live multiple times, but seeing them on TV was cool. Interesting, they picked this song. The song just came out last year. So I kind of feel. Because Trent Reznor and David Lynch have a relationship.
2: Yep, they they worked on Lost Highway. They uh, did, and,
0: and David Lynch directed like two of his music videos. The song's called "She's Gone Away." It's from an EP that just came out last year called "Not the Actual Events." It's just like weird little things, and uh, yeah, the the lyrics. I I was looking at the lyrics. I mean, if you read into them, they kind of feel like they could fit into the Twin Peaks mythology. Uh, like the first part of lyrics, you dig in a place till your fingers bleed, spread the infection where you spill your seed. I can't remember what she came uh, here for. I can't remember much of anything anymore. A little mouth open, opened up inside. And it kind of like, it, it kind of brought back imagery of Leland, firewalk With Me, with Leland and Laura trying to spread the infection onto his daughter. And his daughter escaping that. And, I mean, he raped her. I no. mean, she potentially could have had a kid. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It
2: just, I mean, I don't want to get too far yeah, ahead. But yeah, at the yeah. very end of the episode, we have a whole mouth thing. And yes. Somebody. Yes. In, it, it,
0: yeah, definitely. It goes, <laughs> yeah. Right, it goes right into that. The second part is, yeah, I was watching the day she died. We keep looking while the skin turns black. Cut along the length, but you can't get the feeling back. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone, she's gone away. And then at the end, he asks, are you still there? Are you still here? Which is interesting. That brings Time me back to t- yeah. with, with, with the Bob scene. That brings me back to the Bob scene. So it's interesting lyrics. It's an interesting song. I, I think they picked the right song to be there. It kind of fit, you know? And I had a flashback to James singing... Because oh, it, no. it, no, 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 <laughs> wow. just you and me. Yeah, yeah. Just, just you and just me. Just you and me. <laughs> no, no, this is why storytelling—not, not the, not, not the emotions that song evoked, but because David Lynch brought us concert. Here, enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, I can see He that. he lured it's us a, into it, some yeah. comfort zone because he's trained us these last past seven. Weeks. Your version of a comfort
4: zone <laughs> Here's my comfort zone,
0: but. A concert, to me, when I saw tw- these Twin Peaks episodes is, oh, the show is coming to an end? Every time the show would come to an end, we'd see the Roadhouse. Intermission. Yeah. So he's kind of like, here's a, we're giving you a quick break because the next thing you're going to see is going to be hard to really understand. Oh. <laughs> I, and I take that because we, we saw James sing and then Bob attacked us. It was kind of like that same play on <laughs> mm-hmm. the way he did things. It reminded me of that anyway.
2: Yeah.
3: Real quick comment on the Nine Inch Nails section. Uh, Of course, first viewing, it's sort of kind of a long piece to put in right there. I think, though, that it was deliberate. I think it has meaning. I think that song, the lyrics are obviously cryptic, but, you know, meaningful, and you can assign all kinds of different meanings to them and Mm. how they relate to the story. But the song itself, I think, might function as this transitional. phase between one part of the story and another, obviously within the episode it does Mm -hmm. one part of the story and then a much different one. But I'm, I'm thinking maybe on a grander scale that something very, very, very significant happened uh, when Bob was removed from Mr. C. Mm. It is, it is, um, it is depicted through music in a way that there's a transition happening that the world that we come back to, and we do come back to Mr. C. Um, is now a different world, and I think the rest of the episode may hint at it being a different world. And it may be different in just simply the way that now the forces are realigned, or it may be different in a more significant way. We can talk more about that later. But I think that song actually has a purpose in yeah. the narrative, the way it's structured. So I think mm. it's more than just "Hey, I'm going." I like the you know I like Nine Inch Nails or the which, by the way, in the credits, they are there with a quotation around. Yes. That. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think it's more than just Lynch saying, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna indulge myself and mm. put this long song in there." I think it had in an 18-hour narrative. I think it had a purpose place there.
0: I I totally
2: agree. So after uh, Mr. C sits up, we then go to the desert, July 16, 1945, the White Sands, New Mexico. a.m.
0: Oh, before we get the the 5.29, I don't know if you guys picked up on this or if we can decipher this. It says 5.29 a.m. MWT. Mountain Time? The interesting thing is it's 5.29 a.m. It's one minute before 5.30 in Twin Peaks. Would Mm. that make it 4.30? 4,
1: three, zero.
0: But I'd That's 0. A, that's a great observation. That is
3: uh that is really... I didn't think about that at all. Um, it would be 4.30 in Twin Peaks. Wow. Twin Peaks would be yeah. in the Pacific time zone. And uh, that is the exact time. I think they, real, were, yeah. you know, they got their facts straight. That is the exact time that, that the Trinity explosion
2: happened. I don't think we've ever really gone back in time, per se, in Twin yeah, Peaks. Yeah,
0: nothing like this nothing on like TV, this. yeah. We've got
2: the secret history of yep. Twin Peaks to do that, but... Briefly, you know, we had this whole Manhattan project that was done, I think it originally started in New York, where um, they were developing the, the world's first atomic bomb. Somebody, uh, a guy named Pavement Oyster, says. Um, <laughs> Havement oyster. He's on Twitter. He says, <laughs> "Where else would you put a glass box? After all, it's the Manhattan Project." So he met, he's, he's connecting the glass oh. box from New York. Yeah. Uh, Manha- I, don't, I thought that was a. Is Mister a- C looking mm-hmm. for the glass box? Maybe I. That's a, I never thought of that. He could be looking.
0: He, he could be looking for the glass box.
2: One
3: other piece of very cryptic dialogue from Part Two, uh, when he's talking to the imposter Phil Jeffries. Uh, Phil Jeffries says, "I missed you in New York,"
2: oh. uh, and I so have heard that. you know you go could, back.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back. You got to go back and watch that whole hotel room scene like six times in order to pull all the plot out of it. It does say, I miss you in New York. So the the implication is that Mr. C was supposed to be in New York for some reason. Anyway, we'll just leave it at that.
2: Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Uh, John, you recently posted up on Twitter. I think isn't it, it's Robert J. What is it? Oppenheimer yeah 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 Oppenheimer
3: was yeah. one of the you know he was one of the people who was and uh, maybe the person who, who was overseeing the Manhattan Project
2: he named atomic test the Trinity in homage to John Dunn's poem batter my heart three persons God is how he named this project and we just had at the beginning of this show we we uh, Counterespirado team they got Carl senior to read that poem so I thought that was kind of something special thank yeah. you Jubal and the counter Esperado team for doing that. Yes, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, very much I think it's valuable to just look at the the, the images were presented
3: hmm. in, in the order they're presented in this sequence So yeah. uh, and I didn't get them wrong you guys can correct me um Obviously, we had the atomic explosion. The camera goes right into the mushroom cloud. We get a lot of abstract visual fire Mm. and strange um, dots and white dots and and imagery, which I think in in many respects, having watched it again and having gone back and done a little research on the music that was used in this sequence, which is the serenity for the victims of Hiroshima, um, it almost seems as if Lynch is trying to provide just a visual to the music. So when the music changes into some odd, strange sound, uh, he, he, I think Lynch is like, well, this is what I visualize when I hear that. Mm. Then the music changes and we get a new image. So I think in some ways he's responding to the music in this sequence um, and just giving it some mm. sort of visual poetry. Uh, but we go through all the way through that explosion. And then I think we go from there to the convenience store we, we go through the explosion and all the bizarre abstract imagery. And then we, we come out at the outside of the convenience store in black and white, which itself, the convenience store begins to flicker and smoke begins to billow from it. um, You know, in, in a weird time jumping kind of fashion. And then the woodsman, all appear uh, outside of it. Mm. Of course, it's multiple versions of those groups, sort of um, busily wandering around the outside, almost as if an ant nest has been disturbed. And, and yeah. they're, they're, they, I think they, I think they finally slowly f- sort of find their way inside it. I do believe we get imagery, yes. of them inside uh, through the window. And they're, and they're not outside anymore, so they're inside the convenience store.
0: It's the same editing no. style as uh, the woman with no eyes. It's that same stuttering. It is with that – With the convenience Particularly store. with
3: that smoke coming out. Yeah. You know, the smoke comes out, and then it's in, and then it's out further, then it's in and out, in and out, and then it's gone, and then it's out again. Yeah, so we are – It's like that
2: backwards-forwards kind of – Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned the convenience store. Should we – should we take that convenience store to be the same idea of above the convenience store? They have meetings. I, or? I thought the same thing. I know, but my reaching is it just it's is so just hard
0: a- not to think that way. But. No, no, no.
3: I, I, I think. I mean, Lynch labels at the convenience store. The convenience store was obviously mentioned as far back as the European pilot hmm. uh, when they originally shot. You know that footage uh, that ended up as the dream, and then of course the convenience store is reference again in Firewalk with Me when Philip Jeffrey says I've been to one of their meetings. So yes, I, I think this convenience store, whether it's the, an actual physical place that they ended up on earth or whether it is some sort of abstract place between worlds. I don't mm, know. Uh, yeah. but I think, I think Lynch labeled it for us to all say, okay, well, this is where the woodsman, uh, if they don't meet there regularly, they reside there. Mm. And, um, I mean the concept of above the convenience store doesn't have to be a three-dimensional Concept. They meet above the convenience. Above could mean anything. It could be on a plane above that. It could yeah. be, you know, like that box that floats in space that Cooper went through, that it just, you know, there isn't any three dimensional navigation that we could go around. If that is deliberately, we're supposed to recognize, aha, the convenience store's been. Introduced into the story,
2: and so Brian, you're talking about we all think is the same creature that was in the glass box, yeah. which the American girl from the purple uh, world uh, t- mentions the mother. Yeah, I mean, and I think Sam
0: all- and Tracy get killed by the mother.
2: I gotta interrupt you.
3: How do you know that it's it's the mother inside the glass box? Were, were, how, um, how do we know that? it...
0: For me, from what I saw. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But um, I'm okay. My theory. Okay, so
3: it's not been somewhere. It's not somewhere been defined in a I, know, captioning
0: or something. They haven't defined it in the show, but uh, okay. I remember okay. the first episode seeing the figure that had breasts. It was a topless woman yep. with a with a hole mm-hmm. in its face. And maybe if I go back, maybe if you lighten up the image, you can see the little ears. I don't know. Uh, then you have Mr. C holding the card. With that figure's yeah. face. It could Right. It has horns. It has I mean, horns.
2: I, I actually, the first time I've seen the horns is in this episode. Yeah. I didn't see horns before. And,
0: and then now we get to see it spitting out... But
2: John, you're right. I think we're we're we're, we're, we're that that pounding, we're that pounding that. the door. Part three, yeah. woman says, "Mother." But you're right; it doesn't have to be that. I guess I was thinking there's a creature sound, there's some kind of being yeah, out there. Yeah, she says, "Hurry,
0: mother's coming." I connected it. It doesn't have to be. It could be a whole another. It could it be could. a woodsman. I don't. know. It could be any. But it can't be woodsman because it's mother. Yeah, the mother gives birth <laughs> because I feel like Bob is out, but mother wants him back. And I think Mother is more powerful than Bob, What's more powerful than you is your mom. Ah. so now now Bob's got to snap Bob's out in the world. we don't know what he's doing, and Mother has escaped, and nobody really knows about Mr. C seems to know about Bob. so that's mom. what
2: we're leaning towards. but you're right, John yeah. I, there's I no that, concrete
0: evidence right. other than our theory. <laughs> what do you make John of
2: this creature? and it, I, I don't know if they're uh, puking out or gorbando beans. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, yeah this is all still you know we 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 don't
3: know uh i i must say the first time i saw that figure floating in space i did think of the figure we saw in the glass box but i think there are some differences you know the one in the glass box seemed to be decayed or damaged in some way it could very well be the same figure mm. and certainly that's the first connection w- we make but i i, I Hold off from, from committing to, to, to that. I don't really know what this figure is. Obviously, it does um, sort of puke or spit out this viscous uh, stuff. Uh, and what is that? We don't know. I mean, again, we can, we can go ahead and start coming up with all kinds of ideas. Yeah. But it, I think it's pretty evident that it, that it contains within it, uh, sort of suspended uh, in, within this. This this gel or fluid or whatever a lot of eggs, um,
4: mm. quite a
3: few eggs, uh, and uh, and then sort of tucked in uh, to this stream of stuff is a black. Uh, image uh, of Bob, which Mm. almost looks very much as if he doesn't belong, as if he is cancerous growth on whatever this is, or that he's a stowaway on whatever this is, Mm. and I do have a theory here, but I rarely read um, reviews of the parts as they come out, uh, because I'm writing about it, and I'm trying to stay as clean as I can, Uh, but this one I did read, I I read a lot, I read the Esquire, the Vanity Fair, and the Entertainment Weekly, and, and a lot of you know, the things that have been online, and almost every one of them, I think in, in fact in every one of them, they call it, this is the origin story of Bob, and mm. how Bob came into the world, that there was a rift in realities, and because of the nuclear explosion, and so Bob came into the world, and that may be true, and, in, in, and I will tell you right now, I, I hope that's true in some way, because mm. I like that idea, I just don't think it is, I, I, think, I think Lynch is doing a flashback in some respect here time is so slippery in Twin Peaks, um, if you look at it strictly in terms of a linear set of images, this Bob is removed from Mr. C, and the next time we see him, his face within this bulbous mass, is in that stream of puke or whatever it is. Yeah. So uh, I, and we don't really, can't say for sure that it's 19. 19- 45 it, it, Obviously the implication is, and
4: mm-hmm.
3: it, we're set up to believe that, and it, it, it probably is. but, um, but Bob is in, in there, and I just seem to think that this is where Bob showed up next. Uh, I hmm. think in terms of his narrative or his story, you know, uh, they take him, and then this is where he, he comes out next. Uh, so, so that this is not necessarily a flashback to how Bob entered the world or began this is how Bob is getting back into the world from having pulled out of Mr. C. Hmm.
4: Uh,
3: and if that is the case, and again, I will tell you right now, I hope it's not actually, because I think it makes it very, very hard. It will be very, very difficult to, to analyze this show, but that of course that's what Twin Peaks is and we love it for that. Hmm. Yeah. But I just can't shake the idea that Lynch deliberately showed us this, this, face of Bob being pulled out of Mr. C and then the next time we see it, it's being puked out of this this thing. And I think he wants to think that this is where Bob ended up after that. Hmm. And so uh, the implications for this, it's way too early to tell. It could very well be that Bob is finding a way back in to the world in an earlier time and can now potentially alter the timeline and so that things may mm. end up changing. I've got the weight of Mark Frost's book on my mind. <laughs> it, is, it is weighing me down. I, I, I cannot be free of the shackles of that book. And, I, and I'm not trying to make anything negative. I, I love that book. Um, but that book obviously posits something very different in terms of the timeline that
4: we know. Mm.
3: And so I have that on my mind and I can't help but think, how do we get there? Maybe it's a forgery, uh, uh, but maybe not. Maybe, in fact, uh, something significant happened in the past to the timeline, and maybe this is it. Uh, way, way too early to tell. And for everyone listening, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think this may be Bob coming back into the world.
0: Took it as, like, oh, we're seeing <laughs> the beginning. I mean, I love this episode. I, I, it was beautiful, and I was immersed. The only thing that took me out of it uh, was seeing... Frank Silva's face on that orb because I I kind of felt like it was holding our hand by telling us this is Bob. I I kind of feel like this is like the evil entering the world or, you know, like, I don't know, I, does it have mm. to be Bob? It could just be but, the evil, you know? But the problem the problem with that is, I mean, obviously there was evil
2: in the world long before 1945.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. Atomic one bomb, can he be
2: any, as, any more evil than atomic yeah, bomb? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's certainly how you use an atomic bomb. The serenity for the victims of Hiroshima, I think, is deliberate. Yeah. Again, back to Mark Frost's book, uh, which, again, is not necessarily canon, so I don't want to rely too heavily on mm. it. But I, it's an important work, and it does posit that you know these evil forces were in and around Twin Peaks area as far back as Lewis and Clark and probably yeah. much yeah. further back. I mean, uh, Lewis gets the Owl Cave ring um, there's some implication that there's a strange looking being, you know, around this, uh, I guess it's a cave that they go to in book. Um, that may be one of the woodsmen that may be Bob, uh, that may be something else entirely. Uh, but I, the 1945 thing, and I know there's a quote in the original Twin Peaks for the one, our man says, Bob's been around for nearly 40 years, which would be, You know, perfectly match Hmm. this time frame, but maybe this is where Bob came into the world. Yeah, that's what I'm going with right now. Obviously, the Black Lodge forces—they had to have existed before 1945. I would, I would say, given what we've seen in Twin Peaks, but maybe not. And Frost and Lynch may be saying, "No, this is how we're going to define it now. This is the beginning. This is the, you know, the still point, uh, you Mm. know, where." The, the bomb went off. It started everything.
2: For centuries, these things existed—these entities, these uh, spirits—and this was the moment where they were able to get to our world. That the atomic bomb let them in and let Bob in. But I mean, I would say Bob's been around so, for centuries, but the, yeah. it was just that the origin of him being able to come to our world.
3: So what Leland says in the original series, um, "I remember that man. He was at my grandfather's cabin mm. when I was a little boy." Yeah. Now I guess. You know, you know how old was Leland in 1989? Right. Um, could Was he, So,
2: he, he, Probably you 40s, know, I guess. Right? Maybe 40s? Yeah,
3: so he could, it could work. The timing could work. It's very, it's very possible. And yeah. I, again, I like it. Um, I just think that there's some things that it still doesn't quite resolve. But, but I, I also think the next sequence that we're about to talk about is very, very important to this overall idea of, of – um, whether or not this is the beginning of Bob or if this is just a cycle and mm. the return of Bob. And, the, and that sequence is uh, the the giant, I uh, put it in quotes because he's not identified as that.
0: Yeah, I call in, him not the giant. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the giant and his in, wife. In whatever, we in the, in
3: the tower room, uh, you know, on the island.
0: Do you guys consider that the White Lodge? Because I was like, are we seeing the White Lodge for the first time? I'm thinking maybe. I was, and I feel like these are the godlike people who kind of watch over. And it's interesting; they don't talk, just like Dougie. You know, they they're, they walk slowly, <laughs> they they move in a very slow pace. They're, they they no expression. Kind of remind me of Dougie a little bit. Uh, and Dougie, was, is a gold? Well, he was a gold sphere. Well, they turned his body to gold sphere, and they send a gold sphere into mm. the world. With Laura Palmer's picture on it, um, so that was interesting little uh, connection there. Um, but I think it's a White. I mean, do you, John, what do you think? This is it the White Lodge we're, we're seeing? Well, I
3: lean toward it being the White Lodge, uh, but um, you know, I just watched it the second time, and there are some interesting things going on in there. I do believe that they are communicating with one another. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think it's it's pretty well. It's clear, but it, there seems to be a distinct
4: moment where.
3: And let's just say, on the surface, it's a pretty simplistic set of events. Uh, an alarm goes off. They are look and they see. Oh, look! There's Bob. We got to do something about it. Mm. Here's what we do. So, in just simple, simple terms, yes. it seems like they're responding to the alarm and they're and they're going to try to counter whatever has happened. So, that all aside. I'm going to call him the giant. And I do that because I know everyone knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah he's the giant. He's listed as question marks. So the giant comes out. The alarm goes off. The giant comes out in, from behind the bell-shaped metal, bell, And he stare, He turns and he looks at the woman. And he stares at her for a while. And I believe they are communicating in yeah, that moment. Yeah, yeah. Then he comes out and he stares forward. And he actually basically stares straight at us into the camera for a little while and then he turns the alarm off and then he goes back and he looks at her again for for quite a few moments. They just stare at one another. And again, I believe they're communicating and you could, who knows what they're saying, but he might be saying, I got to go in the other room and create the orb. And she's like, yeah, you do. Uh, I'm going to follow you. (laughs) So, uh, and then he, he leaves, he walks through, he goes in, he, he, he plays the images we've seen of the explosion of the, the, woodsman in front of the convenience store and then he freezes it on bob uh and it's almost as if he's like okay yeah i know exactly what i need to do it's almost it's not like he's alarmed like, uh-oh, <laughs> mm. what are we going to do? It's very much like, okay, now I've got to know exactly what I need to do. I float up in space, and I'm going to weave this, this golden orb. And then, of course, the woman comes in, and she watches it in great wonder and almost delight as she watches it. She's, she's um, captivated, and she seems to be in some sort of glorious state as she watches this orb be created. And then she embraces it, and she gives it a, a, a very tender and loving kiss.
4: Hmm. And
3: so, I again. I'm just. We don't know, but it almost seems as if this is a a husband and a wife.
4: Yeah, that's who got
3: are participating in the creation of something. Uh, something maybe life, maybe just a force of good, maybe something else entirely that we can't put words to. But yeah. but Laura. they they both <laughs> they both seem to be involved. I mean, obviously the giant more involved. It seems than she is, but she does give it that, that kiss. Mm -hmm. And, and then she puts it forth into the tube, which puts it on, uh, I guess, deposits it onto the planet earth. Mm. Um, I, I just want to comment on the, the image of Laura Palmer in, in the orb. Yeah. Um, Obviously it's the Laura Palmer image we've seen in the homecoming picture. It's the famous, famous picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, obviously it's a signal to the audience, this is Laura Palmer. But why that image? I mean, obviously, as a signal, it's essential. Right. Yeah. But did they create Laura Palmer at that age? Is Laura Palmer at that age somehow mm. more significant than Laura Palmer at any other age? Why not the Laura Palmer we've seen earlier in Part 2 where she appears to
0: Cooper? I mean, right. why D-
3: that? And D- so, again, I wonder if this is a cycle where Bob has returned... And now Laura Palmer has to return, Hmm. and so this is the Laura Palmer they are putting back into the world, connecting it to Laura Palmer being torn away from Cooper in Part Two. Yes, where she is standing there, she whispers to him. He reacts with some alarm, and then she seems against her will, but she gets pulled away. Yes, and I wonder if if. If that's yes, the giant. The giant. Yes. Yeah. Doing well, that, saying, you know, we need you again. Right. We need you. And, and I guess. I agree, John. The only reason I want to l- yeah. I'm a little conf- confident in this is that I think David Lynch feels that the presence of Laura Palmer is vital to this story, that he has not done with that character, mm. and that she has a very, very significant role still to play. I think
2: you're right. The original timeline of Laura Palmer was kind of like the evil was basically trying to manipulate her and control her Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. possess her. And now we have this opportunity for maybe the good spirits to use her to fight the evil Bob. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They're kind of yes. like conjuring up To a-
0: save Cooper maybe. It's
2: almost the world. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. almost as if now and again, we don't have enough data
3: to support this at all, but it's almost as if, you know, Laura survived the ordeal in Firewalk with me and she was at a, mo- a, a place of peace and some power at the end of Firewalk with mm, me. I would yeah. I would suggest, that she had achieved what she needed to do. She had transcended. And I wonder if that Laura Palmer, who's been through all of this, mm. is the Laura Palmer they're sending back. The yeah. Laura Palmer who is much stronger than she was in her earlier life.
0: Well, is- in the original series, in the Red Room, the little man says, this isn't Laura Palmer. This is. She looks yeah. like her, mm-hmm. right. and she's filled with secrets. Mm-hmm. So that person we mm-hmm. saw, was that the Sort of like you know we have, we have Cooper and a Dougie. No, nah,
2: but I think it's, I think it's Laura Palmer. I mean, well, and then well the I beginning mean, of this series, yeah, yeah. she does the same thing too. Says, um, I feel like I know her, and then all of a sudden she goes back to I am yeah. Laura Palmer. Yeah. they are sending Laura Palmer. When are they sending her? Who says just because we see her go back into the earth does that mean she, it's nineteen
0: forty-five? Do we it, reboot? Is was that a hard reboot of Twin Peaks? <laughs> Is that a Lynchian hard boot? Like was that like? And we're putting the brakes here because Mr. C was killed. I hope not. I hope and we're going to go right back.
2: I, I think there's still plenty to tell in this timeline, but I know yeah. I know the book, and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of hints that we could be rebooting. But I hope we continue.
0: Go forward. Yeah. Go forward. I mean, yeah. And there's two things, John. I want to bring up because you just talked about it. Yeah. Um The the bell. We saw that bell with the with. Um,
2: Back oh in, sure. And There's three. a couple of
0: them. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that that bell is a an alarm for in, in multiple things. with
2: uh, with uh, floating head, Major Briggs. There it seemed like there was that bell yeah. banging on.
0: Yeah. In the woman, um, in w- with uh, Cooper, um, there was a the bell there, and then when when the giant was there, and I perceived as his wife walking up, it looked yet again like a stage, Lynch's mm. love affair with the love stage. It. Oh yeah. And I oh, thought
3: absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought she was going to sing. I would have loved it if she sang. I really thought we were going to get an eraser head um, sort of vibe where she was going to have us We s- might still. Yeah, yeah right. and I, I was all for it. I was like, yes, please sing, and she didn't. But um, I, I would have liked it. I don't know why. <laughs> a
3: quick note, that stage, those stairs he walked up. Uh, uh, I know the stage and the balcony there, that is the uh, same actual physical location that Lynch shot the Hall and Drive uh, when, I think it was Tower you know, Theater um, I think well and again, again we talked about this in earlier podcasts we were discussing um, uh, I think we were just discussing Elephant Man uh, there's a stage at the end of Elephant Man I mean Lynch loves stages he yeah. loves to have a stage it, it's an important space for him and it's not uh, surprising that there was a stage
2: as part of this world yeah yes. it was great so, to
0: see it like I was like
4: very, yeah, cool. Very, very cool. Very
2: cool. No, so Brian, you brought up you brought up Dougie as an orb. You know, when he gets back, when yeah. the real Dougie, manufactured Dougie, goes to the red room, he becomes this golden circle yeah. marble thing. Could this be the whole idea of the manufacturing thing? It comes at maybe. It comes out of your head, out of these spirits' heads, and they was
0: was this Laura manufactured? Was ma- this Laura was manufactured by them that they're sending down? Maybe you know what I'm saying? Like
2: I mean, I, I like to is... believe. I like to believe the spirit is real. Uh-huh. I like to believe that that is the really is Laura Palmer's spirit. But maybe they are actually recreating her again to be out in the real world. But the idea that it's just to me, it's coincidence that it's a golden circle and yeah. we have a manufacturing Dougie that was
0: a golden uh, circle. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting these golden circles you know it was so funny when, before season three started i was all worried i'm like what are they gonna do with the ring and now it's just all about the orbs <laughs> like the yeah. ring I, you know yeah. we really yeah. haven't seen much of the ring
2: I mean, just to get into a little bit of the secret history of Twin Peaks, there was a lot of stuff where, like, UFOs, and and it's like, oh, is this the X-Files, the book? I mean, there was stuff where, like, what does this have anything to do with Twin Peaks? Uh-huh. And then, in, diving into this episode and researching and looking back into the book, there's definitely things that are that seem to refer to this episode. The whole White Sands, where the atomic bomb took place, Dougie Milford actually worked there during the time of the atomic bomb, Jack Parson and uh, Hubbard both worked around, they were in that area they were doing rituals. This whole ritual idea came from from this whole book called The Mo- Moon Child, which the idea of this bo- And this is an actual real book uh-huh. by uh, Crowley. And it was the idea of the book... Alistair Crowley. Yeah. So there's a whole battle be- between uh-huh. two lodges, the black and the white. Oh. And there's magicians fighting over an unborn child who may or may not be the Antichrist. So if Frost was inspired by this book for Twin Peaks. But it's also interesting that so these characters... Especially Jack Parson, is doing these rituals in the desert. It seems to open up a gate, and it seems like he wants to get maybe get this unborn child to be part of this world. As soon
3: as the, we see the atomic explosion, I immediately thought of Frost Book. I mean, mm. I'm just like, wow, okay, I didn't expect that. I mean, really didn't expect them to go back. You immediately think well, Frost was well aware that they were going to depict the the you know the, the Trinity explosion, and so you know he incorporated that um historical event and all of those characters and and, and you know, he wove all of that mystery around that into the book i mean i think frost is very aware of the works of alistair crowley and theosophy and dion fortune and all of those um you know occultish books And the ideas of good versus evil and on this world and another world and whether or not he's trying to literally connect them to Twin Peaks or whether or not there's just simply the inspiration for how they are portraying some Mm. of these same kinds of forces in Twin Peaks. uh, You know, I think he he sees an echo or a resemblance there. And he's happy to uh, point them out and weave mm-hmm. them into his story, so that it just gets us thinking and talking. But uh, how much of it he's deliberately trying to define, I'm not. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. So in the book again, Jack Parson says the desert is a perfect medium for summing an empty canvas, a beaker into which, under certain circumstances and fearless rigor, you can create an el- elixir that will call forth, C- call them what you will, messages of gods. But it seems to me that they, they have this idea of of doing a ritual. And so my interpretation is this, could the atomic bomb be that opening ritual that opens up the gate to allow the spirits into the world? That's my interpretation I'm looking at. Mark Frost's work, and I'm looking at what yeah. I'm seeing in, yeah. the, in the show, I and I'm agree thinking, with that. is it possible this is the ritual that by 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 <laughs> such force, such explosion, we're able to break open the worlds to do that and let them in? So that's my two cents.
0: Should we go into the egg?
4: The we, egg. We
2: should go not only go into the egg, but we <laughs> should go in not past 1945 and move to 1956. Yes, that's the time period. So you're right. I think the egg came out in 1945
3: think lynch kind of tries to convey that this is the same place it's the the Mm. sands. it's the desert right uh and that and he starts us in the 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 frame in the picture in 1945 so we are back in 1945 when we start uh and then very quickly the time clicks forward to 1956 so i think he's saying in this spot, 11 years transpired, and the egg was there for 11 years, and it was that incubation time, mm. and then it hatched. Yeah.
4: Um,
3: yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it means anything or if it's you know, of any importance, but I, I do think the egg had been sitting there for for over a decade and then it hatched
2: right the egg isn't bob right i mean like we, we should interpret that that uh, that roach fly frog thing
0: you know it's not bob. i've heard two things people are very it's very interesting are i seem to be talking about this is this is this bob laying itself into somebody or is this laura is this is no, this I the good I never thought is laura. this the good or the bad like, what would this re- uh, What does this represent? I guess. I never well, represent I, a person, I, it, but. It
3: is really early to tell. Um, but, and very closely at the episode, um, I, I would say I don't think it's Laura.
4: Um, no.
3: I think Lynch would never represent Laura Palmer. I mean, he represents Laura Palmer as this angelic presence mm, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a glow light. He's not going to represent her as some bug fit. He's, you know, he's going to, it's a gross, disgusting thing with frog legs and yes. wings. That's not Laura Palmer to Lynch. And I, I, I mean, it could be, and I could be totally wrong, uh, and I'm happy to be, but I just doesn't, doesn't fit
0: with no, Lynch's yeah. approach. No, I agree. Uh, I think it's an evil watch, presence. Well,
3: well, yeah, I'm watching it a second time, um... You know, the uh, we see the image early on of the, the vomit stuff coming out, and the, the camera kind of zooms along the edge of it, and we see Bob. Yes. And then we see the egg sort of break free and mm. float away. Well, yeah. And again, it's not absolutely clear, but I my impression is that's the egg. And I wonder now, after having watched it a second time, whether Bob was able to attach himself to that
0: egg. Ah, and that's
3: uh, and, and And that was how Bob found his way back onto Earth. Now, again, there's just no evidence yet to support that, other than the fact that Bob is in that, that viscous material right there with that egg. Yeah. So there is somewhat of a connection between those two things, and if that egg maybe was supposed to be something else entirely and Bob perverted it, hmm. um, of course, this would then introduce a whole new way of, uh, an- yeah, of interpreting what Bob is, if if Bob now takes on this sort of ugly form of a creature and he enters into people, you know, physically, I, I, it's all completely new. We've never seen or it's never been implied, mm. in anything like that had ever happened. So I'm not sure I want to commit to that being the case. But there is the subtlest of connections that Bob was there when that egg broke free, mm. and so maybe this Bob sort of took a ride. Yeah. Uh, onto whatever this, this and I will thing just, was.
2: Yeah, and but, I would say there's more than one egg. Anyway. I think we saw multiple eggs in that vomit. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, yes. yeah. Yes. I would. It, de- it definitely is plausible he could catch. I mean, he could attach himself to one egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're now in this whole sequence of this town, and and things are going to start happening with with the woodsman. I feel like this whole sequence feels almost like 1950s B movies or something. Like I don't know. They got, it's like a <laughs> real,
0: I
4: don't Yeah. Know, it feel. was creepy. It's
2: creepy, but it's like we have like these creatures who are like slowly going after people, and it's like I mean somehow Gotta light. somehow yeah. Lynch makes it work, but it. And, In another context, you would think, boy, this is really cheesy, but it's not. But it's like...
0: It's scary. It's creepy. Yeah,
2: Yeah, but how does he do it where it's kind of like, if I was looking at something else, I would think I'm watching some old movie where creatures are going after people, and Mm. I don't know. Yeah. It it works, but...
3: It works. There's something very interesting that happens here, and uh, so i just have to give you a little background as we go through it. After we see the egg hatch uh, and the thing kind of crawl off screen, I believe at that point... Uh, we cut to the, the the teenage couple walking around the corner hmm. of this building and they're saying, did you like that song? Yes, I like that song, whatever hmm. that is. Maybe they were listening to Nine Inch Nails. I don't yeah, know. But yeah, anyway, they yeah. they're, they're, they're
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and you know, she, she loved that song. Let me tell you, no, but anyway, oh. so they, they were walking, <laughs> they're walking along and she sees a penny and she says, Oh, I uh, heads up. that means good luck. Uh, What's interesting, we've seen coins with heads up mm, uh, wow. in earlier parts of this. But here's the very, very curious thing. Now, just quick aside, I don't want to bore everybody with this, but I, 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 I did have the, the very um, wonderful uh, experience of having been to the the premiere, and the cast of the of the new show was was there in Los Angeles, and we were at a party afterwards, and there was a gentleman there who looked. Like Abraham Lincoln. And, uh, and and I think Josh Eisenstadt said to me, Yeah, that guy's famous for portraying Abraham Lincoln and he's in the show. Wow. And I thought, Well, that's weird. Why is Abraham Lincoln in the show? Uh, but who knows? She might have a, you know, some sequence of affair the and there's a Lincoln impersonator. I, who know? I mean, my mind was kind of spinning off all kinds of weird ideas and I accepted it. <laughs> So, well, that gentleman who is famous for his Lincoln impersonations was the woodsman who appeared with the cigarette and who says, got a light. Hmm. That was that actor. Wow. Now, she picks up that penny and rubs her finger over the Abraham Lincoln image. And it's right after she does that that he descends from the air. Now, that could just be Lynch having fun with it and making a, an outside connection. Yeah. You know, I've got this. God, this actor who does this all the time and I'll have her rub the penny and and then he appears, but it is very curious that it's, it's that guy. And so, um, uh, so, but that's what happens. She rubs that penny Mm -hmm. and then he comes out of the sky and lands on the ground. Now, of course the other woodsmen do too. They also seem to appear at that moment when she finds the penny. Yeah. And then, yeah, like an old 1950s horror movie, they kind of, um, uh, you know, almost terrorize the mo- the friendly motorists <laughs> going down the road. Uh, uh, <laughs>
4: so,
2: um, and anyway, then they, I just wanted to put that. Yeah, that's,
0: that's, no, that's, that's per- really though. interesting. That, that is like, interesting. Yeah. It's like a little nod, yeah. right?
2: And so, eventually, the woodsman gets his radio station, and uh, you know, he's
0: <laughs> very, creepy. very yeah. creepy. Yeah, and I mean, he's killing people, squishing their heads. Very. Um, you know, Lynchian, like a lot of squishy noises and the blood, and it was great.
2: And then he, then he takes over the radio station and he says that uh, this is the water, this is the well. Drink full and descend. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within.
0: Very cryptic.
2: Yes, creepy.
0: Very. Cr- <laughs> I almost thought of the waterfall. I almost thought of the you know the falls and Twin Peaks, and then I thought of the white horse that Sarah Palmer mm, sees. Definitely. Um, but beyond that, I, yeah, it's just creepy. Here's
3: here's my clear read on it, and I don't know if this makes any sense at all. You guys tell me. So the white of the eyes, don't they equate the idea of the white of the eyes of someone who's very very afraid? You know, mm-hmm. their eyes. You know, you, you see. And so that's the only thing I I connected was it was fear. Yeah, the white of the eyes is fear, and of course fear connects back to the stories of. Past Twin Peaks. Mm. So I, it's, it's a loose uh, connection. It doesn't necessarily hold yeah. together, but. Um, the horse is the white of the eyes. And what is the white of the eyes? I just thought that it was the expression of fear.
4: Wow. Mm.
2: Interesting. And it's funny, that the old series, I mean, from uh, episode 29, we had all these people with white eyes in the Black Lodge. Yes. And then we have mm. Mr. C now black with black eyes. eyes. But I mean, again, it's interesting, the whole eyes. I thought he was
0: wearing contacts to, to conceal the white eyes. Because I was like, <laughs> it's interesting he it has dark eyes and yes. not white eyes. Right.
2: But then then all the people listening to this radio, they collapse. I don't know if they're dead or they just collapse. The the little girl, she she falls over into her bed. I mean, she doesn't seem to be dead because of what happens at the end. Yeah, they just But seem it's interesting to, no. that, that what he's saying, even, maybe he, it doesn't matter what he's saying, but it's almost strikes like... It strikes fear. It strikes fear or yeah. brings, it, it makes people collapse. Yeah. Something very deliberate is happening here. I mean, this creature descends, he takes over a radio
3: station, he sends out this message which causes people to, to fall over. Uh, he does not stop chanting that, uh, that sequence of phrases mm. until the weird uh, creature has uh, you know, gone into the mouth of the girl and it enters into her mouth and, and, and then she closes her mouth. And uh, it's only after that that he stops them. And so you, you get the implication that he was there for that purpose, to mm. perhaps uh, allow that creature to find a host. Uh, yeah. you just put everyone mm-hmm. to sleep and it, 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 uh, whether or not she was the one they wanted or whether or not it was just whoever was closest to the creature, mm-hmm. uh, is, um, is unclear. Uh, I, there does seem to be, again, the most subtlest of indications that she might've been important, uh, because she found a penny. Uh, but, um, other than that, I think, you know, there was a plan in place here to, to, to put people to sleep so this thing could find a host.
4: Yeah.
0: Any clue on who could she be with with the little clues they gave us?
4: Uh, I, you I, know, I've heard a lot
3: they're... of stuff on the internet. I don't like any of it. No. Um, yeah, me neither. Um, people either. say it's Sarah Palmer. It, it doesn't make any sense. Again, if we're going to continue the story the way we ex- we've, we've we experienced it so far, what, what we know happens in Twin Peaks, it doesn't make any sense. However, again, there is the potential that this story is going to, he's going to slightly uh, deviate. Yeah. Um, but again, it's way too early to tell, and I really don't yeah. want to commit to that, but um, I don't know who that is. No. Uh, yeah. I don't think she's important.
1: Uh, I, 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 oh, I think
3: she may be important, but I don't know if it's any character we've ever met. Before. Yeah, um, right. You know, again, at the right age for those two, the boy and the girl, to potentially be uh, you know, one of the adults of Twin Peaks. So it's Sarah and mm-hmm. Leland Palmer. I've heard that and there's no evidence to support it. And there's certainly no evidence that says, you know, definitely not it. But um, uh, I, I def- I think we just have to wait yeah. and yeah. see.
2: My my hope is that the story is continuing because there's just so much good story already happening with in Twin Peaks and everything else going on. I hope it continues, but I hope this is kind of like foreshadowing what might be coming in the future. I'm hoping mm. that maybe this is we're, we're getting a little sense of the woodsmen and what they've done, and maybe other things that have happened in the past, and maybe we're gonna see. It's a setup. I it's get a setup. Yeah, yeah, like
0: and they give us information about these creatures we've seen. We we've seen them twice, and we're like, "What are they?" Now we know. Mm-hmm. So now I think they can continue telling the second half of this the story. Yep. And I kind of felt like this was the you know uh, what was Lynch's quote about the donut uh, before the show started. It was uh, it, it was mm. it, it was the um, something about the hole.
1: I don't know uh, What was the quote
0: right nah. And I think about yeah. This episode was this, The jelly filled center The good <laughs> part Like when you eat a donut You eat it And you get to the center Ah oh, this is so good Yes And then you go To the end So now we're We're at that center The oh, juicy boy. center And now we're Gonna <laughs> go to the end Guess what
2: though There was more than Jelly in there Because I didn't expect What was in the center. Yeah donut. I know <laughs>
0: Can you the, the the look on Ben, my face when all we, me and him are texting what's going to happen? And Scott Ryan texting me, and then this is out of left field, left, I, I, right, I, uh, up and downfield. Oh not gosh. even expected. It's great.
2: Yes, <laughs> not what I expected. I I do I do think this is uh,
3: obviously it's a critical uh, episode. I think this is the episode that uh, is going to define what's come before and what's coming.
4: And I think, you know, it
3: is, it is positioned very, very close to the middle of the Mm. storyline. And so I, I think I really do think that this could very much, I mean, it could very much redefine um, the Laura Bob relationship and, Mm. you know, it, you know let's let's assume that there is no change or deviation in the timeline that the timeline is going to continue the way it, we know it does, even if that's the case um, it still makes you realize that the, the, the original Twin Peaks was this tiny, narrow view of this much larger, larger story. That Laura Palmer was a far more significant mm. uh, being than just a teenager in a town, and that Bob himself may have been much more significant being than just sort of a, a wild demon who kind of got loose from his masters. So, mm. I, I, obviously, this is this is this episode is giving us some background into the mythology of Twin Peaks. The woodsmen are extremely important. Mm. And, uh, you know, these forces that are at play, and, you know, hopefully the, the rest of the show will allow us to piece some of this together and get a better sense of the, the larger
4: scheme yeah.
3: that is the world of Twin Peaks. Uh, you know, we're in brand new territory now. Yes. yes. It's
0: exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Very much. Uh, did you notice that
3: the, at the very, very end, uh, the, the woodsmen... Walks off into the into the darkness, and there's a very distinct sound of a horse uh, whinnying. Uh, uh,
4: yes, yeah, yeah, you hear, you the, hear the horses. Wow. Yeah, yeah,
0: you hear the horses. It's weird how this shapes what we know and yeah. what we don't know.
3: That, no, that, that that is exactly right. I think this this part, this hour that we saw, reshapes how we look at all of Twin Peaks. Yeah, uh, definitely. Now. I definitely. really I think this this is the reorienting episode. And mm. whether or not the story continues exactly as uh, we hope it does, you know, the story that we saw in the original series, um, again, Mark Frost's book hints that maybe it's going to be different. Uh, but um, whether it goes one way or the other, this is the episode that reshapes how we look at, uh, reshapes the narrative. Mm. Yeah. So... You know, I'm, I'm yeah.
2: hoping this is the this is the, the the line where we suddenly see the good is going to start winning. You know, we we brought out Laura in this orb and she's descended into the world, and maybe this is where we actually uh, start fighting back against and the I, evil. I,
0: I think you're right, Ben, because we've seen we've seen all of a sudden now the Red Room helping uh, uh, Dougie out, or uh, you know uh, Cooper right, Cooper the, helping yeah. him out with, it, with his life, and if we if we look the whole. Overall, art the whole overall series the giant has always helped Cooper. I mean, the giant helped him out in the first, the second season with the clues, and then he was at the roadhouse saying. You know, it's hap. you know, right. he's waving at him. So mm-hmm. it kind of feel like this trend mm-hmm. of the giant you know, pushing the people to say, you got to go this way. You know what you're just
2: reminding me of? There was, there's so way back at the beginning of the second season, the giant talks to uh, Cooper in the bed. And uh, firstly, he, he says, you know, where have you gone? So I always thought that led us to believe that we're <laughs> not actually in the, the Great Northern anymore, like that mm. whole light. But there's a moment where the, where the giant actually, I think he puts out his hand and there's almost like a beam of light or a that goes into Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of this whole right. orb thing, or it, like, it's interesting. interesting that it's another light. I, I need yeah. to think more about it, but there's this definitely seems to be this the, light that the is, giant
0: is a key. Yeah. Definitely a big or key. Not the giant. Oh, yeah. You're not <laughs> the giant. Whatever his name
4: is.
2: I've been, what I've been thinking about is like, I wonder if they're putting question marks because it could still be the giant, but maybe he actually has a real name. Like, maybe at some point we're going to learn like who, oh. he, who he really is. That's a like, good, that's a the giant good. giant was named by Cooper. Cooper's the one that said, Hey, there was this giant. In my, right. In yeah. My, that's not his it, name. It, that's very true. I mean, it was the Coop, It was Cooper who basically gave him the, the identifier, the giant.
3: And so, uh, yeah, we don't know what his name is or what his, uh, title is or right. whatever they're yeah. going to refer to him as. Uh, but I, I, I expect that those question marks will be replaced by letters. Uh, uh, later on and we'll get it
4: yeah I mean, I,
3: well I hope we do I, th- I think they're kind of hinting that we will
2: I think so yeah and at, par- in, at the beginning of part one we have Cooper sitting in a chair and, neck- and right across from him is, is not the giant but I swear that's the same space that we saw in this episode where the woman was sitting down yeah. at the very beginning yes. that's where Cooper was sitting down so it's interesting that Cooper has yeah. been in this space mm-hmm. and I always thought that it might be the future We we he actually might not have done this yet
4: yeah
3: I my my impression right now is that um, uh, Cooper that was a that was a Cooper a different Cooper a Cooper uh, maybe of the future mm. or um, I like to think is that if Cooper is an agent of the White Lodge wow. so he's Agent Cooper mm. and 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 that beginning sequence was uh, Cooper. Being sent out on a mission because mm. uh, the the giant yeah. says, "Here's all the stuff," and I think Cooper says, "I understand." Yes, yeah, very and clearly. And he very... disappears. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. It, and it, I I sort of read that as the giant saying, "Look, you know, here's 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 your mission. <laughs> you know, here's your case file, Agent Cooper," and then <laughs> Cooper goes off to to work whatever he yeah. has to do. It, and maybe and so uh, it, it could be that we'll see an actual third or fourth but a third cooper maybe um who is who's sort of the cooper we know maybe he's a, 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 somebody who's who's uh manipulating events himself
0: hmm. yeah and maybe dougie uh he's meant to move dougie to get to where he's mm-hmm. got to go maybe yeah. dougie's life is going to connect us to something somewhere yeah. somehow dougie wonder- is gonna bring us somewhere
3: you know, the forces that are guiding Dougie, whether or not that is the Cooper of the first scene, uh, who is basically saying, I, you know, I need this. This has got to happen. This Dougie's got to live. And so I'm, uh, and I'm just thinking out loud here, but I'm going to help him. You know, I'm going to send him signals. I'm going to make mm. sure that all the problems in Dougie's life are fixed. So he yeah. doesn't get killed. And in fact, when you get attacked by Ike, the spike with the gun. I'm going to inhabit Dougie for a minute, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to knock Spike Ike, out, whatever his name is, <laughs> knock it yeah. out. Yeah. And then, and then he, and then he withdraws again. From, mm. from Dougie. I, I don't know why, but, but some force is guiding him, and uh, that seems like a good choice. That maybe it's this futuristic or otherworldly uh, coup.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, definitely so, it's it's just so many questions. So, so much. Yeah. It was a great
2: episode though. I <laughs> yeah. it was really something else. It definitely I didn't expect it. I thought no, we were Nobody
0: did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and thank you so much John for coming on the show to talk about what your thoughts on this and uh I know we're going to have a lot more to talk about in the, yeah, in the future. Definitely. Yeah, oh, my gosh. I mean, it, uh, it, uh, we, are,
3: uh, we are the luckiest people mm. alive, really, oh <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of uh, you know, a, a fan base yeah. that uh, embraced a, a certain fictional story and to have uh, it given to us again in mm-hmm. this way. Uh, it's just, I mean, I, you know, I, you think back on all the different people or, you know, different fan bases. You know, they got Star Trek back, and they got all their various <laughs> shows come back, and we are so lucky. I mean, <laughs> to get yeah. something like that, yeah, this, definitely. To have uh, two creative people like uh, David Lynch and Mark Frost, uh, I'll be allowed to tell the story like, like this. So, so you and I and you know everyone, we can talk about it forever, and I mean, we'll be talking about this for
0: decades
4: yes i
2: mean (laughs) how
0: lucky
2: are we we are so lucky i know i pinch myself every day it's like oh my gosh we've got new twin peaks and we've got new twin peaks for the next you know few months i mean that's crazy right and we get to
0: you know what i I like though we all get to enjoy the ride together yeah and we get to pick it apart and talk about and theorize it together which is You know, it's like – I think that's a lot of fun. It makes it a lot of fun. Definitely. So,
2: So, you know, the president of Showtime, David Nevins, had said way back before the show came back, he was saying (laughs) that it was going to be pure heroin, heroin of Lynch. And at the time, I was like, what is he talking about? Like, it's such a weird – Quote, he said, and then you see this episode. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what he, this is what he's talking about. This is like, this is like Lynch can do whatever he wants. He's gonna go out there and do the crazy stuff, and this is it. This, this is it. What, this is what he's talking about. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Ugh. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, John. Thank, yeah, thank you, you so much for your time. Can yeah. T- tell people wh- where can they find you. Tell them what you're working on.
3: Sure. Uh, well, uh, they can find me on t- Twitter's the best place, which is at Thorn Whip, and uh, well, my blog, which I haven't time to work on at all, which is above the store.blogspot.com. Uh, but right now, really, I am focused fully on Twin Peaks. I'm writing synopses and notes and what analysis I can, given what we've got, uh, for uh, the Blue Rose magazine,
4: which mm.
3: people can go look for the Blue Rose. We've got issue one and two out.
4: Yeah,
3: uh, and uh, they've been fairly successful. We're really happy with working with Scott Ryan, who uh, you know does uh, the bulk of the work on this this project. So all credit to him. Uh, but we are trying to put together some sort of episode guide that has some substance and value to it. And I think right now I don't think I'm giving it away. The plan is basically to do it in two parts. We were mm. going to try to get all eighteen into one issue and then have it out to the printer by September, but Scott and I were talking the other day and we're like, how can we possibly you know, yeah, really big- uh, 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 analyze this properly? Like I said, it's going to take years and years, but we want to get at least something of substance. out. So I'm working on that. Uh, so issue three will be out uh, this fall and issue four shortly after that. And, and then I have a book, uh, the essential Raft in plastic. Uh, I think most of the people who are listening know about that. It's, uh, it's available on amazon and it is a pretty substantive analysis of the original twin peaks
2: it's a must-have book if you're into twin peaks it is must have yes
0: thank you john thorne for being on today's show what an amazing episode what an amazing podcast today we're going to be talking about that episode for years to come we don't know what's going to happen next but that episode just really changes the way we talk about twin peaks Mm. it changes a lot
2: I mean, the gl- gloves are off. Lynch can do whatever he wants. It's, Showtime's money. It's Showtime's money. <laughs> and I think they're embracing it. I think Showtime yeah. is totally embracing what they're doing. And I love it. And I can't wait to see what happens next.
0: And um, briefly, I mean, we both love the episode. It, it's a lot to take in. Mm. Um did you have any small gripes with anything about it? Did you have any like critique, anything you could change that may- you didn't really care for? In this Honestly, one? I don't
2: like. I so watching it with my wife, I was like watching this like, oh boy, this is the whole episode. So at first, like you know, at first I kind of realized, oh, this is not going to be your typical show. So mm-hmm. I, th- I had concerns at first, but I love 2001: Space Odyssey, and I love that idea of just like let's just go with the flow. Let's just embrace the imagery and just take it all in and just totally enjoy agree. this. So, I no, I wouldn't change a thing. And you're more of a Nine to Nails uh, fan than I am, and but I I, loved I, it. I do love them more. I do love Trent Reznor more after Lost Highway, but mm-hmm. I'm never a huge fan. But I love that too. I love that whole scene there. It works. I, I, I thought it worked. There's nothing I would change. There's absolutely yeah. nothing I would change. I was, you know there's so many, even like the '50s piece that I was like okay, we're, is this kind of weird and stuff, but I loved it. I mean. You would you change anything?
0: Um so I guess I didn't pr- I didn't say it well when we were talking to John. Um m- for me, the only two things is so minor and it's it's stupid and maybe in uh after the whole thing I won't even care anymore. But just seeing I, uh Bob's face and then Laura's face on those orbs mm-hmm. for me, I felt like it was a little too much hand holding. I would have liked it if we just saw a black orb come out of Mr. C and that black orb we saw floating towards us and when they froze it you just knew that was Bob. And How then, would you know
2: it was Bob though? Well,
0: because we saw it coming out of Mr. C's body.
2: Maybe you just saw some weird... Things are I know. I, yeah. I think
0: it was more to show us. And I right. I feel like with Lynch, I love the mystery. I love the non-handholding. Well, it's still holding. a mystery. We still yeah. don't know
2: where it's going. But I understand what you're saying. It didn't bother me. Yeah. I kinda, It made more sense to say, oh, and that whole thing. I mean, I was touched by the idea of Laura in this orb and this woman kissing it. Yeah. It's almost like she's like a mom. And she's like, my child is going into the world. Yeah,
0: I, I thought, yeah, I like. I liked it, Laura, but wouldn't it have been a baby picture of Laura as a baby? Like just seeing a baby in there would be kind of cool. Yeah, but, but I don't. Think, I it? don't think it is the
2: birth of Laura Palmer. I I, know. I think it's the spirit. I think this is a continuation of Laura from all the, her life. I mean, I I do think that she was the Laura Palmer was sucked up out of the red room and now is in this orb, and and the, it was like sucked up and basically came out of uh, not the giant's brain. Yeah. And now yeah, we're getting yeah. Laura, her essence, her spirit, and say, okay, go go into the world so i think if we saw a baby we would get confused to think that this is her starting over Mm. which i know we've talked about. it It could be a reboot rebirth or reboot but i feel it's or just it's
0: just giving us what happened in the past right we don't know but for me minor those are the two minor things i just liked ambiguity of good versus evil not putting a face on it but like i said you know what at the end of the day I still absolutely loved it. Yes. I loved good it. Good
2: stuff. I can't wait to see what happens next. We have got to get out of here. You we
0: can- do. We have no community feedback this week because I just want to say thank to everybody who posted. We got the most comments, shares, and likes this week because of this episode. Hmm. And I thank everybody. And I just want to remind everybody, be nice to each other on social media. Um because it's a great community. We yeah, want to keep it really that way. So that would yeah. be my only yeah. thing to say this week.
2: Thank you again to Jewel and Counter Esperanto Podcast for recording the poem for us, and especially Carl Sr. Carl Sr. did that. Thank you. That was so cool. They are awesome that they would take the time to record that.
0: You can give us an email at TwinPeaksUnwrapped at gmail.com. If you got a comment, theory, or a question, like us on Facebook, it's a hit 900, and follow us on Twitter at TwinPeaksUnwrapped. And we're on Google Play, iTunes, five-star review, please. And give us those those great comments. And, um... I guess we'll be back next week.
2: Next week, we we can tell you what's gonna happen next week. We're gonna try to get out earlier than usual. Next week, we're gonna have Mark Gibbons from Deer Metal Radio. We are gonna follow up on our predictions. Ooh, so that yes. sounds good. And we're gonna have Joel Bacco on because kind of like the old days where we would get we would do a bunch of uh, we, you and I would talk about some episodes and then we have Joel on to yep. kind of follow up, follow up on yeah. that. Yeah. So
0: very exciting. exciting. Yeah.
2: All right. See you next week.
4: I'll see you in the trees, I'll see you in the trees,
1: under the sycamore tree.